Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. And we're continuing our study in the book of Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 5 about to launch into Revelation 6 and the whole center section to the book of Revelation. But before we launch into that center section, I'd like to have a word with those who are listening. And I realize that we have a nice wide variety of folks listening to Luke 21 radio, but I realize we have folks who are interested in biblical prophecy, who may be of the conviction of the rapture occurring before anything of these uh, events in the center section of Revelation. The center section, of course, referring to the Great Tribulation. And the pre-trib rapture view means pre-tribulation rapture view, And this is the most common view you hear on the airwaves, uh, prophecy TV shows. And I was very much uh, in this school myself, and that's why I want to have a word. And I don't want to have a word to debate a particular Greek word here or there or refute certain schemes and this and that. But I have a, a burden. You go through different things in life, and I don't think it was an accident that I was a very strong adherent to this pre-trib rapture view. I thought that before the persecution, before the Antichrist, before the events in this entire upcoming section of Revelation, all before all that would occur, we would be raptured or literally taken out of the world. And I would like to share with you a very simple corrective to this perspective. And I've really never heard anyone critique the pre-trib rapture view using this, and it's, it's, it's very simple. It's not complicated at all. And it's the picture we have of Jesus is the picture we're to have for ourselves. And that's basically the secret of what I'm going to share with you. In Revelation chapter 5, it's very dramatic. There's a scroll that basically has what's going to be happening in the world that's all sealed up with seven seals. And as we go through future chapters in Revelation, the seals get opened and various things then happen on earth. But it says that no one was found worthy to open the seal. And in fact, John starts weeping. He wept much because no one was found worthy to open the scroll. And then one of the elders said to me, this is Revelation 5.5, Weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals, the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is speaking about Jesus the Messiah. When we say Jesus Christ, we mean Jesus the Messiah, and he's from the tribe of Judah. He's the descendant of David, 
And what symbolism do we get with lion? Well, that's, that's, that's easy. The lion is the king of the beasts. And you've heard me say several times already, covering the early chapters of the book of Revelation, it's basically about two things, kingship and worship. You worship the great king. And here, Revelation 5.5 continues that. The lion of the tribe of Judah but notice what happens. It, it's like you're watching a movie, and in just a second, the imagery changes from a lion to something else. And it's very important to catch. Verse 6, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb. Now, actually, I own some sheep. And one of the challenges of owning sheep is that they're entirely defenseless animals. A coyote can wreak havoc amongst a flock of sheep, not with a lion, but a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Let me just share with you one of the key terms for Jesus in the book of Revelation. And again, if we are Christians, we follow Jesus. And 27 times in the book of Revelation, Jesus is referred to the lamb, or the lamb is mentioned. 27 times. You might just find it interesting, if you have to be a Catholic, that every single Mass, the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God, is mentioned. And this is a key to what's going on in the book of Revelation. The good shepherd is calling us, his sheep, to follow in his footsteps. His footsteps didn't lead to calling down uh, a million angels to slaughter all the Romans who were trying to crucify him. No, he was a lamb as led to slaughter, gave his life, as, and he calls us in the book of Revelation, to follow in his footsteps. It's that simple. Forget all the charts and all the Greek words. I mean, we need all this stuff, all the word studies and all the prophecy conferences. It's the lion, and he looks a little closer. The one worthy to open these scrolls is a lamb. And that's the lamb that was slain is a model for those the book of Revelation is written to. It's that simple. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 5, how are the faithful described? Those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. The Lamb goes to the cross. A lot of false teachers want to tell you, no problem. It's glory all the way. There's never going to be suffering. There's never going to be persecution in this. And no. Those who follow the Lamb are the faithful, Revelation 14, 5. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And they conquered him, that's the beast, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Does that sound like people who have escaped the great tribulation? And what's their testimony? By the word of their testimony, That word testimony in Greek, and I'm not even going to have to translate it for you, is martyria. We get the English word martyr from them. 
the testimony wasn't like just standing up, and I know you're nervous to share, you know, how God invaded your life in a wonderful way and changed your life, but it's also willing to give testimony in front of a basically tyrannical ruler or his representatives who claims to be God walking on earth saying, no, Jesus Christ is the king. Jesus Christ is the only God who walked this earth. And their testimony they gave with their blood, just like the blood of the lamb gave his life as a testimony. Romans chapter 8 and verse 36, St. Paul says, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This is the path that Christ, the Lamb of God, walked. And we are not to expect some kind of American consumer version of immediate pain relief, immediate pleasure, immediate reigning in glory. The lion, the king, reigns by his sacrificial death. That's how his kingdom came, and it continues. That's, that's what's going on in the book of Revelation. I'd like to share from the Catechism of the Catholic Church this exact same thing. Starting in section 675, it says, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. That's why I'm having this special word today for those who, in particular, may hold to that pre-trib, pre-tribulation view of the rapture. In other words, you'll be taken out of the earth before the persecution, before the trouble comes. And the catechism is warning that this final trial, which the next sentence says will involve persecution, will shake the faith of many believers. If your faith in the Bible, and very sincere, I was as sincere as the day is long when I held to the pre-trib view of the rapture, but if you hold to that and then all of a sudden you find one of the most intensive persecutions that there have ever been in the history of mankind, you'll think, you know, I've I've been deceived. The, the Bible let me down. No, it's not going to let you down, but it could really, really shake your faith. It could really undermine you at the very point you need the book of Revelation to let you realize that you simply need to follow the Lamb. That's the whole point of the Christian life, and that doesn't mean skirting the cross. That means embracing it, uh, and that's, in fact, what the entire New Testament is about. The Catechism, in two paragraphs forward, 677, says this, The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover. And it, I, I love this because the Passover week was Christ's final week, and the book of Revelation describes the final seven years in the history of the world before Christ will come again, and it says, she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection through this final Passover. Not now seven days, it'll be seven years, but it's the same thing. We're walking in Jesus's footsteps. That's what Christianity is all about. Why should our view of eschatology or biblical prophecy all of a sudden switch uh, when it comes to the future? No, it's consistent all the way through. 
the entire Christian life from first to last is following Jesus, and we get the opportunity to follow him in his death and resurrection. And then I pulled this from a commentary that believes in the pre-trib rapture. There's several I could have, but it says this, since neither the rapture nor the church are the subject of Revelation 6 through 18, and it's true, there's no mention of the word church in these chapters, many conclude that the rapture of the church takes place before the events beginning in chapter 4 and thus precedes the tribulation. In other words, the word church is mentioned a whole lot in chapters 2 and 3, but after that it's not mentioned. So it concludes with an argument from silence that the church is no longer here because it's not talked about. But there's a major problem with this argument from silence, because if you notice in the book of Revelation, it's not just a history of what goes on uh, on earth during these final years. It's a history of what's going on in heaven and on earth. In fact, you go back and forth and you find certain things going on in heaven, and that's certain things then happen on earth because of what's going on in heaven. Now, In the book of Revelation, the word church is not used to describe events on earth or in heaven. So using this logic of the pre-trib rapture, saying this argument from silence, the church isn't mentioned, you'd say, well, then the church disappears, goes out of existence because it's not mentioned in heaven or earth. No, it's mentioned in heaven and earth. It just uses different terminology. You've been listening to episode 81 of Luke 21 Radio, and I'm your host, Steve Wood. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.